Welcome to episode 557 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week on the show, Eventing International Australian Superstar Sammy Birch joins us after a fantastic event at the Blenheim Horse Trials. And then we speak to Peter Fowl, the organizer of Ballandenisk Horse Trials. I'm Liz Halliday Sharp, and I am coming to you this week from the Ballandenisk Horse Trials in Watergrass Hill, Ireland. And I'm Paul Tapner coming to you this week from Castle Eaton in Wiltshire, United Kingdom. And you are listening to the Eventing Radio Show. Now, Liz, it's a busy time of year for the eventing circuit, the eventing scene and all of these things. And, and there's no one busier than yourself because you've, you've been at Blenheim, you've been at Burley, your first Burley, woohoo! And now you're at Bal and Dennis. I mean, you're just living the high life, aren't you? I have to say, this is like, although it's really busy, it's like the dream's coming true. I'm not going to lie. I'm just loving having super horses at all different levels and great owners and it is it's really great but at the same time it's very busy and um we're here in Ballandennis this week with all the adolescents i would say we've got four horses age seven and under um all different classes we've got two in the three-star shorts getting ready for le leon having their last run two seven-year-olds and then i've got a lovely six-year-old doing his first two-star long and a greener six-year-old who i sort of wedged into the new one-star format it's sort of about Monday, so that's nice that they were able to fit him in. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great so far, and um, I just love this event. I've been here a bunch of times, and it's it's fun to be back. It's a real family event, and a great Irish sort of galloping open courses, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to be here. So it's great that you're enjoying all of this, uh, all of those wonderful horses you mentioned, as well as uh, pretty much life on the road, and and I think a lot of our listeners will know about the eventing lifestyle and and how it is very much a, a, a lifestyle and a life on the road. But but some of our listeners won't really understand the, the, the full-onness, the, the intensity of what we do, especially in the UK. So you're in Ireland now. How long did it take you to drive to Ireland? Oh, gosh. So we got back from Blenheim on Sunday night and then we left here we actually left at about 11 30 in the morning on tuesday we bypassed siren tester at the Tallinn school of equitation to have some lessons with pammy hudson on the flat oh so you squeeze in some training as well yeah okay oh we did (laughs) why not we're heading that way (laughs) and then we uh carried on up the motorway we got the 240 in the morning boat from uh hollyhead to dublin and then rocked up in balandanisk about 10 o'clock in the morning on wednesday uh, and then we are here for a bit, and then next stop would be Bukalo, Um And, and just to, just to let our listeners know that that's in that's in Holland. So you're going to have to drive all the way back from from uh, Ireland back to your home base in the UK, and then your next international is is in Holland. So that's another day's trip over the other direction across another uh, you know ferry trip the other way to go and do Bukalo, which is exactly. amazing. Exactly. But you already mentioned it is, and then we're the- bringing our two Leon horses as well. So then ah. we're sending home my Buffalo horse with Francis, and we're going Francis Whittington, who's a lovely man. He's going to take my Buffalo horse home, and then we're going to carry on straight to Le Leon in France with our two 
properly on horses and then get home and have a really big sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two weeks on the continent and then you've got a, a week in Ireland now. Last week was was a, a week in Blenheim. Did you maybe a half a week because you, you had the eight, nine year olds, not the full half full continent. Yeah. Exactly. So you're in, in, in Blenheim. Uh before that? We were remember? at Burnham Market with five horses before that. Burn, yeah. Burnham Market. It's a very long drive to the very edge of the UK. Wonderful. It's a wonderful <laughs> place. Uh, <laughs> great <about> it. <laughs> but it's a very long drive to the, literally because, you know, they were trying to sell Burnham Market to me the other day and they were saying, from our event site, you can see the sea. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm not you convinced that you can, but I maybe if you climb up a tree, you might be able to. But yeah, it is literally that um, close to the edge of the you UK. Can, in fact. Oh, we'll see. You've it seen is, the, the week before that we were at Burley. So there we and go. then Burley. How amazing was Burley? Now, I don't think I've spoken to you since Burley, and certainly our listeners will be excited to know that in your how many years of eventing, I won't ask how what age you are, but I'll just ask oh how long you're eventing for. Uh, you've got to your first Burley. You've done Rolex. It's not your first five star, but it is your first Burley, which is undoubtedly the toughest cross-country course in the world and this year proved it nonetheless so just tell us a little bit about your burly experience liz i mean my god it was the real deal wasn't it this year um i mean i've always dreamed of coming to burley and i didn't want to come until i had the right horse which is probably why i've not sort of been one of those people that turned up with a horse that that really wasn't ready and um i've, I've done le moulin i've done kentucky but but Burley was something else and um Tanira Z was an absolute hero, I have to say. He gave me everything he had. Uh he did a personal best five star test in the dressage, which I was thrilled with. And um Perfect. Literally tried his heart out cross country and it was so difficult. And I have to say he just he was a bit wowed by the sheer relentless size and, and um width of the fences went a little bit green and I just had to look after him a little bit and did some long routes I hadn't planned on which was um disappointing but at the same time I think I did the right thing for my horse and he actually finished in a really good way and, and came back to me at about ten minutes which was great and and really finished the course well and came out the next day looking a million dollars and jumped his heart out on the last day. We just had one rail which I can wholeheartedly say it was my fault. <laughs> I'm not gonna I it, not gonna blame happens. that one on De Niro. It <laughs> happens. I just, just got a little flat and long on a on a horse that had worked hard the day before. But um but yeah to finish fifteenth at our first Burley is, is pretty amazing and I'm thrilled with the horse. He's finished looking great and feeling brilliant and I have a, a super horse for another day which is is part of the battle I think this year. Well, congratulations, you, Liz. I am, I am impressed. I'm happy for you, and uh, you know, I'm Here's looking Papa. forward to the, the the next five star competition. And uh, you know, fifteenth next time. You know, tenth next time. Fifth next time. You know what's going to come after that? Oh, I hope so. I'm already reviewing what I can do better. There's plenty, plenty of things that can improve. So <laughs> we're, uh, we'll Keep working hard. <laughs> Always the way. Well, Liz, I think that's enough about you. And, of course, I'm not doing anything exciting these days. I'm just an office boy <laughs> that's working on my office belly. Uh, I, I do tell a little bit. exciting in the office, though. Yes, I've been madly organising the finale of the Event Rider Masters Series next week at Ling So it is a big one. And 
the field is absolutely phenomenal. I have to say this is probably the most exciting field of competitors we've ever had. So I, for one, am looking forward to uh, watching all of the action that's going to come out of Lignier. And um, I know you're in Ireland at the moment. My, my last event was also in Ireland at Mill Street where we were organizing well, our, our, our five-star there, our, um, our four-star there. So fantastic uh, to have uh, our first Irish event in the Event Rider Masters series, but uh, certainly looking forward to next week's finale it was great fun but enough (laughs) about us liz i think it's time to hear from our guests joining us now on the eventing radio show is international australian eventing rider sammy birch sammy welcome Ah, thank you very much for having me now sammy i believe we've had you on the show before but probably a very long time ago um and uh but you've been doing some fantastic things recently so i was very excited to be able to get you back on the show because uh you and i have known each other for an awful long time because we are one of those uh fairly decent sized group of, of australian event riders who have managed to end up living permanently in the uk so sammy just for our listeners that perhaps not heard of you before just quickly tell us how long you've lived in the UK for? I moved here uh, full-time in 2005, so 14 years ago now, long time. But I, I seem to remember you did a few trips over beforehand and maybe even had a fantastic uh, performance at badminton uh, just as a one-off trip. Would I, would I be remembering that correctly? Yes, that was in 1999, <laughs> which I know is a very long time ago. can't quite believe it. At 21, I brought my homebred over from Australia to do badminton. Walked the course and thought I should not be here, and that was the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And anyway, he was incredible and finished seventh. And then I've spent the rest of my life trying to do it again. That's a fairly incredible <laughs> uh, debut at, at badminton, uh, especially, like you say, when you were 21 years of age, having walked the course going, oh, my God, and probably everything else along with badminton horse trials that makes you go, oh, my God. Yeah, it was completely overwhelming, and I was like, what am I doing here? I should not be here. Um, and then when I finished seventh, I sort of just thought that that's what you did. So, um, yeah, as I said, I've spent the rest of my life trying to do it again. Even get back to badminton would be a nice thing to do, because I can't even do that anymore. But um, it was a fantastic experience at the time. Well, I think you're uh, underselling yourself a little bit there, Sammy, because uh, you have been competing at the top level, as you say, for a very long time now. Uh, and we're not going to ask that next question of, 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 you know, how old you are, because anybody can do their maths on that one, having you, you just said that. Um, yes, but um, exactly. <laughs> you, you, have you actually been back to badminton be- since that time and, and competed at oh, all? A couple of times, but not for a long I think 2007 was my last attempt. Well, Sammy, if it makes you feel any better, I think we're about the same age, and I have not managed to get myself to badminton at all, so you're way ahead of me there. So, <laughs> That's um, good to know. But, um, well, yeah, still fighting that fight, I have to I have to say. Uh, finally got myself to Burley, so that was a start. But um, uh, anyway, uh, looking ahead to, to where we are now, looking at the future, and you have some very exciting horses, and you had a really, really great result at Blenheim, which was far better weather than we're having now, I have to say. Um, but just tell us a little bit about your results at Blenheim. It really was brilliant, and, and the course is back to what it should be, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it was. Um, I thought it was a fantastic course. I haven't done Blenheim for a long time. It was big and bold and you know technical as well um 
and I had a great ride around on a new horse for me this season, um, a very exciting mare called um, Direct Tully Oren Cruz. Um, and really, she excelled in everything I was expecting. I was hoping for a top 10, and um, she just did a personal best in everything, so ended up fourth. Well, that is some results. And I, I, it was interesting because I was reading, uh, it must have been on Eventing Nation or somewhere, I was reading... Uh, about this horse and, and how you were saying that in the show jumping, you basically couldn't turn left in the warm-up at all or something like that. It's quite a quirky mare, isn't it? Yes, yeah, she is. And that's why I ended up uh, getting her. She had, has been produced by Izzy Taylor, um, who's done a fantastic job. But I think, you know, with Izzy, the amount of horses Izzy has to ride, you know, she took a little much too much time. Um, so that's how I got her in March. And she's very quirky. So... Before the dressage, we sort of cleared the warm-up and ended up on the wrong side <laughs> of the rope and couldn't get back. Wow. Um, but then went in and did her amazing test, did her personal best. Um, she wasn't too bad. She likes cross-country, so she was pretty good, actually, for that. Um, but the show jumping, yeah, I couldn't turn left at all. And I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to have to keep turning right and hope when I get in the ring, I can turn left. Well, you certainly must have been able to uh, turn every direction because uh, fourth place was the, was the final place. Uh, and like you say, good good performances in all three to get that fourth place. Uh, and behind uh, Piggy French, who is just the rider who is on absolute utter fire this year. Like she's winning everything. Uh, and, um, you know, pretty good to be behind, in amongst that company, you know. Happy I'm that? thrilled to be as close, as close to Piggy as that. I mean, she is someone that I, well, I would like to copy, try and copy. Um, it doesn't, you know, that's what we all aim for. And she is just, un, you know, pretty much unbeatable this season. And you know, great for her and for me to be as close as that to that top level competition was fantastic. And like you said, on a new horse. Now, just explain to our listeners how that happens, because you mentioned Izzy Taylor, and, and she's ridden the horse for the last two seasons, and before that, a few other riders, and in, including Kalina Pickles, who is a, a very well-respected and known rider over, over in this part of the world, in the UK. So does that mean it's had the same owner all of that time, or has the horse been sold a few times, or how, how does that work? Just explain to our listeners. Yes, she's been owned, I'm pretty sure, by, um, by Joss and Riley the whole time. Um, and then... Uh, uh, I think Kalina sort of gave up eventing, had a baby, and then uh, Izzy started riding her, so that sort of thing. And then and now Izzy sort of, I think Izzy found her just too time-consuming for her busy schedule, um, and luckily someone suggested me, and, you know, fantastic for me that I got the ride. Well, definitely fantastic. But she, do you know what? I love hearing these stories about tricky horses that are, totally off piece, maybe not, you know, the wrong person might not figure this horse out at all. And it's so cool to hear these stories about how you ended up on the wrong side of the string. You couldn't turn left for the show jumping, but this horse went and finished fourth at Blenheim. It's not like it finished fourth in a tiny little event, fourth at Blenheim. And um, what does that sort of lead you forward thinking? I mean, are you thinking, gosh, this could go to badminton next year? Are you thinking about the Olympics? I mean, obviously you've got a, a really good feel of this, this quirky mare. Yeah, I mean, she is a she is so talented. It is ridiculous and um, a real competition horse. Uh, so I can put up with all of that as long as she goes in and performs. Um, for me, it's been a fantastic uh, to have her this year because I my good horse has been off the road and I haven't had anything. Um, so it's just been a complete bonus. Uh, I am now thinking towards badminton. 
and I'd really like to have two horses there in the spring, uh, 20 years later. But uh, that's my aim. And of course, Tokyo's, she's qualified now for Tokyo. Um, and that would, of course, be a bonus. Uh, everyone wants to go to, you know, go to the Olympics desperately. But uh, we'll do one thing at a time. Indeed, one step at a time. And like you say, the Australian team is uh, quite a, a competitive team and you're no stranger to the competitive nature of getting on an Olympic team. You've been uh, uh, there or thereabouts uh, for quite a number of years uh, and, and part of that elite program for a long time. And um, Sammy, I, I have to say, I saw uh, a, a wonderful video of you because you, you mentioned, is it, um, no, sorry, <laughs> Kalina Pickles, you mentioned um, uh, having a baby and giving up eventing. I'm sure she's still a professional horsewoman now and all the rest of it. But but you yourself have, have, have had a child. You've had a, a wonderful little boy. And, and I saw a wonderful video of him at Blenheim <laughs> dancing away. And I'm happy to say he's clearly got um, uh, your fa- his father's dancing skills because, you know, I think he's definitely not got your dancing skills. I've, I've seen you dance. You're quite good on the dance floor. So <laughs> it's a great to have it as a family affair. And you've got the whole family there. And, and, you know, you obviously did have to have a little bit of time off uh, from the sport when you were having children. And, and actually, I know that you've had a bit of a turbulent time over the, the last three years. So um, is, is that, you know, it's great to, to have you back at this top level with that. And is, is, is it an extra added bonus or is it a difficulty having your family and all those things happen? Uh, no, it's definitely an extra added bonus. I mean, I've had a, a pretty... I had a pretty crappy year in 2018, so I sort of felt at um, Blenheim we had a fantastic weekend. Ed and Charlie were there the whole time to support me, and I really try now and just enjoy the whole experience because everything changes all the time, and um, I wouldn't do it without them. I try and take them everywhere I can. I'm sure that Ed gets very bored at most sorts of events, but things like Blenheim is quite good fun. Well, um, Sammy, I love this because we've we've got our because I'm in a field in Bell and Dennis, which is probably why you're hearing all of the uh, all the the motor motorway going on behind me and all this stuff going on and they're emptying spins and all sorts of things and I'm sort of hovering by the show jumping arena trying to find reception. But um, <laughs> Tapper's just giving me the green the, light. The, the marvels of modern technology. <laughs> oh, oh, indeed. In the dark, might I add, in, in the absolute pitch black. I'm now wandering around randomly in the field trying to keep my reception. <laughs> That's actually I one of my it. favorite things is to find out where all of our listeners are and all of the <laughs> random things they're doing whilst whilst we interview them. But actually, we should mention exactly what you've done, that actually Liz, our host, is doing the most random thing of everybody this evening, as she's just explained, <laughs> in a muddy field, in the dark, wandering yeah. around, looking for reception. I'm, it's just I'm a normal up. evening for Liz. Anyway, the, uh, I, I digress. Yeah, Liz, I'm back to you. I'm staring at the three-star show jumping, so... <laughs> what that does tomorrow but anyway oh it is it's wonderful i'm looking forward to the torrential rain that's coming tomorrow yay um but the yeah. tap has sent me a text and said that i'm allowed to ask my favorite question which drives him crazy normally and when he gives me a green light that's even better so i know you loved it <laughs> so i love to ask all of our top riders for their number one top training tip and this is uh, basically anything that you bring with you on a daily basis or that you just keep with you with all your young horses or maybe just something 
that you have in your mind when you're competing at the highest level, what, whatever it is, we want to know your number one top training tip. Go. Okay, top training tip. I want to enjoy my riding and my horses, and I try and do that and not overthink things very much. So I try and just ride and not think about anything else and not even about the end result. Definitely not. I just try and ride. It's not very, wow, it's not very um, technical, is it? I love that. It's not very technical. It <laughs> doesn't need so, to be so technical. No, it doesn't have to be technical. Sometimes <laughs> exactly. not being technical is the best thing. So, so tell me, Sammy, when you're in, waiting to go into the show, jumping at Blenheim and your horse isn't turning left and whatever, do you stand at the uh, start gate and just say, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this. Because yeah, yeah, and I'm like just going to ride. I, and I, I, always, I actually try and put myself somewhere else. Which right. is interesting. interesting. Yeah. I well, am I like jumping. Where, like, where did you put yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like somewhere. on an island in Mauritius? <laughs> I, I, I just put myself <laughs> jumping a course of show jump with, say, my trainer, Roland Berniehoe. And I'm like, I'm not actually at Blenheim about to go in and try and leave the jumps up. I'm just jumping around. I could be anywhere. You know, like I'm just, I try and shut out the rest of the the whole event at that point. Yep. That's a very good oh, technique. Like and indeed. Uh, That's I, why I, I love that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I, I often do the same. Sammy and I have shared the same trainers uh, on and off over many years, and and I go down to Summerhouse Equestrian Centre and jump endless exactly. show jumping rounds. The, joy. uh, the joy, the joys of the that day to day rigor of training. But uh, and I just tell myself, yeah, I'm at Summerhouse jumping another round that I'm going to win yeah. another class at Summerhouse because I, I do that all the time. It's not badminton worth yeah. how many tens of thousands. Yeah, so I think I that's a great tip. <laughs> so that is my. So you're at Roland's. So when we next see you at the competition, we know you're at (laughs) Roland's and Roland might just happen to be there. And he's telling you, he's he's, uh, in his uh, very uh, unique way, uh, telling you all of the things you're doing right and uh, clearly wrong when he has And clearly not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 But we digress. Sammy, it's been great to speak to you on the Eventing Radio Show. Uh, For anybody, and I know we have lots of Australian listeners who will be super keen to follow your progress uh given that you've been out of australia for so long but i'm probably going to be doing spectacular things next year for the australian team so um how can they follow your progress are you on facebook are you on instagram are you on twitter like nobody seems to be anymore or where do, where uh, do we... no i'm on facebook <laughs> and instagram of course i'm not on twitter so 80s, so old school exactly so old way to school. be up with the time yeah <laughs> Sammy Birch, Birch Equestrian, and um, yeah, they can follow me there. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Well, one of the best parts of the Eventing Radio Show is we can broadcast from anywhere. And I'm currently standing in a beautiful field in Ireland. And joining me now is the organizer of the wonderful event that I am at. It is Peter Fell of Ballon Dennis Course Trials. Peter, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. 
Thank you very much, Liz. So, Peter, we wanted to have you on the show because this is a really cool event that I've come to for many years. I actually haven't been here for three or four years, which made me sad. And we're back here now. And I feel like perhaps the rest of the world doesn't know enough about this great event and how much effort you put into it. And I understand there are some exciting things coming forward as well. So just tell us a little bit, you know, for all of our listeners that are in America, that are in Canada, that are in the UK and all over the world, what what Valentine's Dennis Course Trials is all about, especially this September um, time slot and how many classes you have, everything. Just tell us about it. Sell it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, Valentine's it's our family farm. Uh, it's very much a family-run event. Um, my sister-in-law is designing the four-star track. That's Helen West. Uh, my brother normally does it. Uh, her husband, Andrew Fell. I designed the track. My Sister Kate is the events is the entry secretary. My mother is a financial controller. Um, <laughs> the it's uh, everyone. It's a very much a, a family run event on our family farm, and we we try and make it run a nice relaxed uh, riders based event. So we put it on for the riders and try and make it as as enjoyable for the riders as possible try and make it as unique as possible, as Irish as possible. So there's no marquees. It's all our lovely stone buildings that we use. The good old-fashioned galloping tracks, plenty of old-fashioned cross-country, natural fences. Um, and we try and let uh, everyone enjoy it. So we've got a class for everyone. We've got four-star long, four-star short, three-star long, three-star short, two-star long, two-star short, and a one-star. And we have a Michael Leonard, we have um, the Michael Leonard Championships for five and six-year-olds, which is a national class. So we run a lot here. Basically, nothing left unless you decide to run a five-star. So, um, but I, That's I have the to only say thing we've yet to run. <laughs> That's what's coming next. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but with the, you know what? I will say I, I love this event, and I've come here with all kinds of different horses. I've come here with horses that, shouldn't like a good hardy Irish track. I've come here with horses that should. I've come here with young horses. I've come here with older horses, ones prepping for Leon, like I've brought now, and, you know, some that are prepping for Buccalo. And, you know, what I would say is I, I feel that this is an opportunity um, for people that come over, maybe from the USA or from anywhere else, that, that want that last prep run because, Although you say it is, it's a family event and it is lovely for that and I enjoy that. But the, the tracks are proper and you make a big effort on the ground. And, uh, you know, the show jumping tracks are up to height. They're, they're what you want to see. They're good courses. Everything's kind of taken into account. And I, and I know especially we're currently expecting some very spectacular weather tomorrow. And there's been a lot of work put in to make sure that, that the horses get the best of the ground, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's of all the things... In- ground is my one bugbear that I have to get right and do everything I can for it so perversely enough we normally and people probably won't believe me on this but if you go down through the years we've um, aggravated and watered more than we've had wet years uh, or wet competitions so but we'll put the work in where ground may be felt acceptable and absolutely perfect in Great Britain we'll go the extra mile and we'll aggravate and we'll water and, and I want to see a lovely show into the ground and we put a, a very much a, a management structure in preparing the ground and having it 
the absolute best. Uh, I suppose I have a little bit of a racing background as well, so I understand how uh, that patches of false ground, that uneven ground, that um, the jar you can get from a hard ground. I, I want to minimise that, so we do everything we can to do that. Um, so we're we're working on that, and then we've uh, we're working on another project this winter now, which will be um, a big improvement for the dressage and show jumping. Uh, Peter, I'm fascinated by so much of what you've said already about your family, your farm and your event. And I've just got questions coming out of my head, left, right and centre. And but I'm just going to start with, with your, your family and your, and your farm. And you mentioned that you, you don't have any marquees. And as you said, that is, is peculiar to, uh, to presumably to your event, that you have lots of beautiful old stone buildings. So the, the family farm has been in your family for generations, perhaps, or...? Yeah, 1853. My great well, that's that's quite a few generations. <laughs> bought, he bought it for six thousand four hundred pounds. Wow. <laughs> I, I suspect in that time was quite a lot of money. But um, uh, I love the history of of these families and these farms because in Australia, as you'll appreciate, that's something we're lacking. We don't quite have that generational uh, history, but certainly. Well, yeah, so uh, it's certainly something that I, I've grown to appreciate uh, in, the, in the country estates and areas of, of, the, of, of the UK and indeed Europe and, and Ireland. So fantastic that you've been, your family has been there so long and that you're still clearly a very close-knit family in, in, in like what you said, in, in terms of you're all taking different roles in the organisation of things. So how does the horse connection happen? Have you, have you been a, a generation upon generation of horsemen? Well, I suppose, yes. Um, hunting, hunting uh, for many generations. Um, and then in 1926, uh, Major Watts asked, asked my uh, great-grandfather, could they run the point-to-point here? So we have the point-to-point since 1926. And then the eventing started with uh, a fantastic character called Norman Van der Varter, who is a... Uh, an infamous eventer, an Irish eventer, I was hunting one day, said to my father, Robert, would it be okay, my father Robert, would it be okay if a few friends came for a gallop around the farm? And uh, my father said yes, because it was easy to say yes to Van. And then a later on the day, he said, we'll put some red and white flags up. And my father said, well, yes, if you want to do that, there's no problems, but it sounds a bit mad. Uh, and then a number of months later, we had an, our first event in 1974. Wow. <laughs> if you're going to start, you might as well have a story to start with. So <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, I have to say, having having been to this event many times, being very fond of this event, you know, I, we are still jumping the old rock walls and that sort of thing that have been here since the 1800s. Is that right, Peter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And those some of those banks, are the... the uh, second last fence is an old points pointing bank that would have been used since, since 1926 in competition um, whether racing or eventing um, and then the, the banks the, the fly banks are jumping I mean they're built somewhere around I suppose 1200 somewhere around there um, oh, wow. you gallop past on the four star you're going around a standing stone we call them galloons and that would have been that stated somewhere around 2000 BC. Uh, it was a worshipping. Oh stone. my goodness! 
But see, this is this is great. This is why this is why we enjoy having you know people like you on the show, so that we can explain you know what these great events are all about over here. And and Peter, you know, looking looking forward now rather than looking back. Um, you've got some really big plans in the mix, which is very exciting for the event, um, starting just in the next month. Am I right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're putting in a new um, all-weather surface um, arena. We're putting a 140 meter by 70 meter. So that's uh, just under a hectare, uh, two, um, two and a half acres in old money. Um, and that will be a sand and fiber mix. Um, so we'll have a competition arena for we'll do two full two full arenas and all the warm up for dressage and then the show jumping we'll have a, a main arena of about 110 by 70 meters and then the warm up beside it. So it'll be a great development for us. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite an investment and very significant and shows your passion and level of commitment to um, horse sport in general. And and I suspect that, that a, a facility of that size is not going to be purely for eventing. So uh, do you already run other equestrian shows or is there aspirations to keep expanding like that? Uh, well, we run we run two internationals a year. And we run two national events. We run the point of championships, eventing championships this year. Uh, we have, um, we do, we haven't been running that many shows of being in massage competitions because we haven't had the surface, but we will be looking to into that. Um, but the essence for us is to be a competition uh, center, uh, and to build the international bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, that's, I mean, that's our first passion is eventing. Well, I have to say, Peter, I'm I'm really excited for all of you, and and this is this is an event you know close to my heart, and I've always enjoyed coming here, and um, I I'm sort of hoping that maybe a few Americans might listen and realize how many classes you have here, and and what a great prep it is before Buffalo, before La Leon, before some of the other big events of the year, and hopefully, especially now that you have your new arena coming in, we might see a few more traveling people that that think, oh, do you know what? I'll come over a bit earlier and I'll, I'll head on down to Ballandennis because. Um, yeah, it really is a great family event, like you say, and and um, you know I'm just excited to see what the future brings for you. No, that'd be that'd be great, and we run our April event. Uh, same thing, we run all the same classes. Uh, April, the end of April, round the 20th of April, normally every year, somewhere around there. Uh, so we we uh, we start the season, the international season in Ireland, and we finish the international season in Ireland. Oh, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? That's pretty cool. And um, tell us, how can people find out more about the events? Or you've got a Facebook page. I mean, we've obviously got an app for this weekend, which is fantastic. Um, are you on Instagram? Various things. How can people follow Bell and Dennis Course Trials? You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and we have an app. If you go to download the Bell and Dennis app, and um, if you Google that, you'll find the app. And on that app are your program all the times all the results information things like that it's uh we're trying to do our little bit um there's so much paperwork thrown around the events and burnt afterwards we're trying to do a little bit to try and cut down on all that uh un- unwanted unneeded um 
Um, uh, paper wastage, paper. environmentally <laughs> friendly as well. Not only have you been around for centuries and centuries, but you're now being leading the forefront in technology, bringing in apps and everything. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm excited, and I'm I'm now I feel embarrassed. I've never been to your event now. I mean, you uh, yes, Paul, you haven't. I, I know. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time, Peter, and I'm sure you have. Uh, done a very good job of selling your event uh, to our audience and uh, as always all the links will be on our uh, website uh, for your event also so thank you for your time Peter. Thank you very much Paul and we hope to see you in Boundair soon Of course Thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast you can learn more about the Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com we will put the links to all of today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. We're on Facebook. Give us a follow there. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show. We're also on Twitter at Eventing Radio. You can listen to this podcast anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app. It's on iPhones and Android. Just go to your app store and search for the Horse Radio Network and you can subscribe via iTunes. I'm Liz Halliday Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday Sharp, and on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, and of course, on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been Tappers in your ears, and I am also on Facebook, Tapner Eventing Team, on Instagram, at Tapner Eventing. There's a website, Tapner Eventing Team, and of course, occasionally, Twitter, at Tapner Eventing. Thanks for listening. Thank you.